those how breaks. Are you feeling, at the end of 2023, how are we feeling? Uh, you know, it could have been worse. You know, you know that's good. That is actually and great. Especially with, like, the labor stuff, um, you know. Yeah, Fran Drescher did some good work. Yeah, hey, congratulations. I think we've already talked about this, but, you know, congrats, everybody. I can't remember. I think you probably talked about it on The Killer. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, we talked about Caleb's assume. podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we haven't really mentioned it here. I think we know we. Did I don't believe it. in the SAG after us, so that's why we don't talk about it here. <laughs> that's not true. Wow. Arthur loves labor. You can't I, I, get I'm on of the it. side of the uh, AMPTCSE <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> uh, wow. Let's go, Major Studios. That's God. What a reveal that would be after all this time. Uh, yeah, what a heel turn. Uh, truly, <laughs> you know. Ted Sarandos is right. Movies shouldn't be in theaters. I don't know why you guys keep riding Musk so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That makes me think of that one review we have on iTunes where the person doesn't like our politics, but they, oh, like, yeah. they like our movie discussions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Give and take. Yeah, it's hey, a give and take. Exactly. It's one of those things. But hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Good Trash Undercast. We gather on a table, we discuss the films you'll never discuss in a film space course. We're now at the end of the year, 2023, and that means we are doing our Blind Spots review. Arthur's given us some criteria by which we may do this. They have to be, gosh. Primarily English language. Yes. 80% or less on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Those are the big two. I know I'm forgetting one, though. Or maybe that's just I it. I think just why 2023 really yeah. Oh, and yeah, it has to be a blind spot. Yeah, so we all have to pick a movie we had not seen. It has to be blind spotting. Yes. It, yes. Well, God, if only. Four weeks, four of, weeks blind of watching blind spotting. <laughs> it's not a bad hey, day. You know what? That's a rich text. <laughs> it's not a bad day. When we do Groundhog's Day, it's just going to be a month of us doing Groundhog's Day. <laughs> well, it's Groundhog's Day. It's Groundhog's Day 2. And Groundhog's Day 3. That's we do time. Groundhog's Day, Palm Springs, Happy walk, Death yeah, Day, Happy out. Death Day to you. Yeah. 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 Or uh, Live to Repeat. Oh, sure. Of oh, course. right on. Yeah. yeah. Is the one. In case you're tuning into the show for the very first time, dear listener, we want to warn you that this is an analysis show and not a review show. And that thus and therefore means you need the text in order to do the context for the analysis. Oh, and what text are we looking at this the week? The text this week is, oh gosh, I'm not sure That's what order. okay, I got it. Okay, I'm reaching, I, I, I'm reaching. Gran Torino, I based at, on a true story. Yes, we're seeing um, <laughs> Gran Torino, um, Gran Turismo. It would be so great. Uh, I think I saw that in the group chat, if we'd all watched the wrong movie and we yeah. did the Clint Eastwood movie. It's get yeah. off my lawn. No, we didn't. I didn't realize that came out this year. It feels old. <laughs> I, I really, really did want David Harvard, though, to yell, get off the lawn. And chase uh, off a bunch of uh, minorities with a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, no, not, not that part. Can you believe that was a major motion picture release? Wow. It's a, it's and a it was like barely 14 years ago. I know. Wild. What Had a, a banger soundtrack, if I remember. Yeah. I, I barely remember that original song or something. I don't think I've actually seen it. Oh, yeah. It ends with him driving the car, and there's like a kind of a cool original song. It turns into drive. <laughs> yeah. If only. No, we watched a different movie, though. We watched Neil Blomkamp's. Gran, Gran Turismo. Turismo. Based yes. on a true story. Based on a true story. Based on a true story. <laughs> so yes, we watched Gran Turismo and we are not going to spoil it for you. So the show is going to look like this. We'll have a synopsis, which will be spoiler free. We'll have our thumbs up, thumbs down, very, very brief reviews. Um, we, we try for the brief. Sometimes the brief happens, sometimes it doesn't. And then we move on to a little game called Expanding the Syllabus in which thematic spoilers may occur, but not necessarily plot spoilers. Although sometimes there it can be a little wibbly wobbly in that particular chunk of the show then the music plays and after the music you know we've gotten down to business and that's when all spoiler bets are off so there you go arthur do you have a synopsis with which to to delight us to prove the viability of sim racing programs nissan launches a program to train sim gamers turn drivers to compete at the highest most dangerous level yeah sponsored by sony brought to you by 
That's nice sort run. of the sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Neil Blomkamp's feature-length PlayStation commercial. Yes. We watched it. We did it. Arthur made us. It right. happened. Yeah. Let's start with Arthur. No regrets. Uh, why? No yeah, regrets. No, hey, no regrets. What, you're not really a PlayStation gamer. I've always known you'd be an Xbox guy. So I, I, I made a switch for a long time. I had a 360, mm-hmm. and then I moved to the uh, PS3. Uh, well, it's dated now. In 2009, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly because. Um, let me just spill this cup of coffee in your lap. You Sorry, I fell asleep. Yeah, Dustin hates interactive <laughs> media. Dustin had already lived for a hundred years by the time I bought a PlayStation Three, yeah. yeah. uh, but I got it for the Blu-ray player uh, oh, because sure. it was a cheap at-home Blu-ray player, and I could play games on it. Right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, I made a pretty big switch to PlayStation at that point, uh, and then I went to the Xbox One and got rid of my PS Four, okay. I guess, at that point. Um, but yeah, and, and Gran Turismo is not like a like I like racing games. I was telling him this. We were watching it the other day. I, I prefer like non-realistic More racing games. Yeah. Racer. Yeah, 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 like I actually have played Gran Turismo as well. Yeah. Need for Speed. Yeah, that's yeah. a fun franchise. I prefer like F Zero. Yeah, like F Zero on Super Nintendo is big sure. for me. Uh, I told him I had a, a Volkswagen Beetle Adventure Racing on the N sixty four, which was just a fun time. Great. Uh, Hydro Thunder, which was like boat racing, which is an arcade game that ported over to I the N sixty four stuff. Yeah. Like I mean, off road, you know, anything like that. Mario was, Kart, the classic. Yeah, 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 that kind of stuff was much more fun to me than something like. And I like Sims, like, I like Sims to the extent of, like, I like these Sims, where mm-hmm. I can just, you know, build a house, cheat code it, and just make these Uber mansions, and then kill off my Sims or whatever, and then something like Sim Hospital, which is very mm-hmm. cartoony, but, like, this yeah. sort of hyper-realistic simulator, uh, and I worked in a, a, at a wholesale distribution company for a long time that got in these, like, racing wheels and pedals, and, like, the money that goes into it, like... It is beyond. I mean, it's a lifestyle thing. It's not just a hobby. It is a lifestyle Arthur, thing. Arthur, well, this is more for Dustin. You might be aware of this, Arthur. There is a whole brand of like content creator on YouTube and TikTok that is like they've poured thousands of dollars into a gigantic racing sim home rig, and sometimes we're talking like seat movement and stuff. Like, yeah, you, you know what? I have less judgment. I watch guitar videos. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, uh, and so like I've, I, I just don't ever. I would never see myself at that. And so yeah. they're like hyper realistic, like. And from what I understand, and like kind of see glimpses of it here in Gran Turismo, like I mean, you can go and build your motors and like mm-hmm. your parts, your like and all that stuff. And like I don't, I don't care. I want like I want mud wheels so I can go up like Tyrannosaurus Mountain or whatever. So what was it you that know? drew you to Gran Turismo, based on a true story uh, by Neil Blomkamp? <laughs> was it the Blomkamp connection? I mean, a little or? bit of Blomkamp. I, I like David Harbor. I mm-hmm. like sports movies in general. Yeah, and that's so true. that's a big draw for me. And I'd heard, you know, it's got like a 65, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, it was generally well received. I'd heard some mostly positive things about it. Uh, and it, I mean, it's really probably more of a genre thing rather than a property thing. I, I could care less about. I couldn't care less about Gran Turismo, mm-hmm. uh, but I really like sport movies. And I think it's got a solid cast. And uh, I think the, even the curio of David uh, Neil Blomkamp wasn't really there for me as much as. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, almost purely genre, probably, because I looked at a couple other things, but I thought this would be it's something we haven't done. I mean, we've done a few sports movies in general, but a racing movie, we definitely Especially I don't think we've not, done yeah. outside of like a Fast and the Furious five or whatever. Um, and so that was probably the big attraction. There was mainly genre. OK, yeah. Did you you enjoyed it overall? Yeah, I did. I, I he kept I, asking the guy to shoot the turtle shell at him. I did want that to happen. I was waiting for that big moment. There was the, a lot the blue of that. turtle shell knocked out. uh Rich douchey golden car yeah, number one or not, whatever you know not like, Randall Thor. <laughs> yeah. um, I had a, I had a good time with it. I, I think that like 
second half of this movie cooks pretty well. Once Blancamp is in there making those racing sequences, mm-hmm. I think they're fairly solid. He's doing some really dynamic stuff visually with the camera mm-hmm. uh, that makes it stand out. And, and I was trying to figure out, obviously I've seen several racing movies, some of them using real cars. I'm thinking of something like uh, Ford versus Ferrari, which, you know, has some digital enhancement. We've got to use a lot of real cars. So I was trying to figure out, because there's a really fun little bit in one of the races, and it may be the last race. Uh, where he kind of mentally goes back into his room and like you see the car deconstruct and then reconstruct. Yeah. yeah and yeah. like those little visual floor. And so I was trying to kind of figure out where was, where were you just using digital cars or versus some real car, you know, like, but I thought it looked real clean overall. Visually, I thought it was really dynamic. It is. a, I mean, it is really a two hour and 15 minute Gran Turismo PlayStation Nissan commercial um, in all those ways. But I was pretty enthralled in the racing sequences. I was pretty much captivated. And obviously you kind of know, going in like it's based on truth and we can at some point in time in the future talk about the logistics of spoiling a based on a true story film sure mm-hmm. um, but you know that kind of gives you an idea of either either he's going to go up in flames mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to be tragic or it's going to be a you know yeah, feel good movie feel good movie and, and so you kind of have to it would be really weird if it was just he got 28th <laughs> yeah. well, there's, there's a plot but. moment in the movie where uh david harbour's character jack has got some sort of secret uh that made him stop racing mm. and he's like i'm gonna tell you some other time and i'm like they've got the internet it's not like he's not famous oh yeah so, mm-hmm. so i'm just like this is dumb but anyway that's the weird thing of doing you know drama in a base i mean you gotta try to create narrative fiction somehow and friction somehow but well in this movie does so by moving a real life event to earlier in John Mardenborough. There we go. Earlier yeah. in his career. So, yeah. Um, but I think Harbor was great. Uh, it really, I think the anchor of this movie, um, mm-hmm. Bloom is fine. The supporting caster, you know, a scale of fine. Um, I, I do think a lot of the kind of soul rest in David Harper's performance and really sells it in a good way. And I think that coupled with Blomkamp's direction uh, and kind of visual eye, um, really makes this work. I think that first 30 to 45 minutes is a little bit too much set up for what we're getting. Um, I, you know, I wish we get a little more with Digimon Sue and that family. You know, there's a lot of different factors kind of happening here that it's trying to balance and it doesn't, I don't think manage to do that well. Uh, but overall, I thought it was really solid. I'd, I'd watch it again pretty easily. It's, it's up my alley as far as a sports movie, as far as a racing movie, it's fun, not the best of either of those genres, but I had a really good time with it and I'd watch it again. Very good, very good. What do you say, Dalton? Do you like or not like the Gran Turismo Experience? Uh, I'm I'm a little colder than Arthur is, but I don't know that by much. You know, it's fine. Uh, I saw somebody on Letterboxd say it had the best drone photography since Ambulance, and I don't know That's if I go fair. that far, but I you know pretty close. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It is slick, uh, and I I agree with Arthur. Like, there's some pretty slick flourishes from from Blomkamp and and the team uh, during the races. They'll shoot to the inside of the car, uh, which is always fun. Uh, I know the mic's picking that up, but I'm just going to keep going because Giles is too cute. Uh, sweet little boy. Um, yeah, the those flourishes of going inside the car and showing pistons or showing what the tires or calipers are doing. Like, it's all, yeah, it's cool shit. Like, I, I'm definitely on board for that. I'm, I'm not immune to some cool stuff. Um, I did see pointed out, and I, I have a hard time not agreeing with this, that sort of the the sense of geography is pretty lacking for a racing movie. Like it's yeah. not often clear exactly what's going on, especially well, the tracks Le- aren't loops. The tracks aren't loops. And especially like with Le Mans, I don't know that they do a great job of selling the scale of that race and like the, the physical endurance of that yeah. race. Um, you know, and they, and they try to get into that with like how much physical training these gamers have to do to get ready to drive race cars. But you know, I don't, I don't know that we really 
fully get there as far as communicating what it means for them to be there. Uh, you know, I, I only have like a passing familiarity with Le Mans, but I, you know, I know it's a huge deal in the world of racing. All of my knowledge of Le Mans comes from Ford versus Ferrari. That makes sense. All of mine comes from Gran Turismo. <laughs> okay. I, my the movie, my yeah. dad was kind of into like car racing yeah. a little bit. When so. it started raining, I'm like, no, no race is over. No, why was no rain, sleet or snow? You don't stop Le Mans. No, That's we right. stopped. No, that was, I, yeah. And Le I expected is it to make a very dark turn and it didn't. No. Uh, Ginger Spice is good. Uh, Jim Hansu is also very good. Uh, he's dude. He does shrink wrapped eyes with the best of them. Oh my gosh! There's so many, so many scenes in this movie where he's he's like crying or on the verge of tears and just like giving mm-hmm. the best dad performance you've ever seen in he's an inspirational great. sports movie. He's crushing, uh, absolutely eating up. Uh, the kid who plays Jan, I, I forgot his name. Uh, he's fine, capable lead. You know, uh, the movie does ask a lot of him without actually giving him much to do um, other than to be inspired. And, you know, it doesn't really give him much of an arc other than trying harder and believing in himself, even when it, you know, means somebody died. Uh, I don't really have any, you know, I've a little bit has been made uh, discourse wise online about moving the sort of pivotal will I keep racing moment uh, to before Le Mans, that that mm. moment in Jan's career actually happened two years after he placed uh, third in his division at Le Mans. Mm. So there's some hay has been made of like moving this real life death to like earlier in his story gotcha. to make a yeah. a dramatic point. Uh, the critic uh, Brandon uh, Strusing, uh, who did this, you know, a, a big action movie thing this past year, like kind of uh, in mag- I can't remember what magazine it was for, what online publication it was for. It's like a action movie awards. But in his his review, he's like, I have no scruples. That doesn't bother me. And I kind of agree with him. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that that's necessarily that big of a deal. Uh, yeah, you got to build a movie out of somebody's life and lives are not always uh, dramatic. They don't always provide a dramatic arc like that. Exactly. Yeah. So. I definitely see why somebody would be bothered by that. I don't know that it's the hugest deal in the world because I feel like they give the death appropriate weight. I they, could not be made to care less. Yeah. Honestly. I, I just cared. Yeah. Is the movie competent? And mm-hmm. kind of, I guess, is my answer. Uh, there is such a naked crassness to them making it a Gran Turismo commercial in the closing credits by just, you know, the movie opens with some how they make the game stuff and then it closes on some more how they make the game stuff. And I kind of got to take my hat off to them. That's just like, wow, more than air, more than Tetris, uh, more than Flaming Hot. I actually haven't seen that one. But, uh, you know, I think Arthur might be talking about that tonight. Uh, of all of these sort of brand movies of the last year, I think it's the one that is like most aggressively selling you its product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, while I hate that and think it's gross, I do have to admire the brazenness of it. Uh so that, of course, kind of is holding me at arm's length from the movie a little bit as much as I want to give myself over to it. There's another movie we'll talk about in our 2023 wrap up marathon that I have sort of a similarly complicated relationship with as far as a movie I like. But the consumerism of it does hold me back. Um, I'm hinting at Barbie. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Uh, Dustin, how, are, how about you? I, you called this film propaganda on Letterboxd. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a- am I tell wrong? Me, no, no. But tell me more. Uh, I d- I can't decide. Okay, so sports movie-wise, does it work? Yeah. I mean, I you know, this, I believe in the kid. The kid's got moxie. The kid's got spunk. I believe in him. He's got this hard, grizzled, you know, Mick kind of uh, coach trainer like in Rocky. All of that, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker sure. for all of that kind of stuff. And so the sports movie aspect of it was great and totally fine. I, I don't know that I... 
I think it was visually interesting, but I don't think it was all that visually innovative to break in the car, break out of the car, mm-hmm. throw the little numbers up and that kind of stuff. That that really felt I kind of I think we bored. could have used more. I wanted more of it. Yeah, more yeah. gamers mindset yeah. stuff. Yeah, some, yeah I, it, it, was, it was just enough to remind you, but it wasn't really enough to be, yeah. I don't know, to, to really blow my hair yeah. back. You know, we get the, the one like... The, the optimal track path versus the path mm-hmm. he wants to take. So we, and then the numbers. Yeah, like there's little moments. But yeah, I agree. Like I want more of yeah. like how does agree. his his first experience Give with racing. Give him a HUD. <laughs> exactly. Give him a HUD. Yeah. Hey, Arthur, you said it. That's it. Yeah, I just want I want more of like how that informs the way he views racing. Yeah. yeah. And I was expecting it too, the way they kind of set it up early in the film, mm-hmm. you know, when his dad's watching him. Mm-hmm. Like right. I was anticipating that being Well, that and the uh, running for the cops and you know, yeah. that kind of bit. Yeah, yeah. So that... That's needed to go full bits. Scott Pilgrim a few times, and yeah. it doesn't go full Scott yeah, Pilgrim. Yeah, I think I wanted more yeah. Scott Pilgrim yeah, than yeah, I yeah. got. And so I, I didn't care much for that. And then just the, oh, man. Well, first of all, the performances. Good thing I want to say. I really enjoy all the performances. Whatever happened to Orlando Bloom is I like it because Orlando Bloom grew up into an English gangster rather than in continuing to be a pretty boy elf. Yeah, he looks really interesting now. Yeah. We need to put him in some guy Richie stuff now. Yeah, we do. Uh-huh. Just yeah, we let, do. Him, let him have fun. He's a, he's such a nothing character in mm-hmm. this. Yeah. I got, that guy has no inner life, no background. <laughs> no, yeah. it's ch- truly a script functionary. And, and but he, he still he, is compelling. Uh, absolutely, he, yeah, I, I mean, agree. he really does act the stew out of it, and I'm I'm, I'm impressed with him for that. So the commercial of it, I, gosh, I think it's worse than Top Gun. Uh, I, I I I mean, really, truly, it, it, it's just. It is all about selling more consoles and maybe Nissan cars. I mean, maybe to a smaller extent. I don't really know. But um, and I did find it. I used the word crass. And I do think it is kind of just cynical, crass filmmaking glommed on to a genre that I really kind of love. And so I'm a little I think I'm a little offended by it. I I think what they did was interesting, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're trying to turn a racing game into a movie saying, Hey, we actually have a story about a guy that like played the shit out of our sim and went pro. Like, yeah, that's kind of a compelling narrative. Yeah. But I agree with you. The, the degree to which they lean into selling you not Jan Martin, Martin God, English names, I swear. Uh, but not selling you him as a compelling athlete, as mm-hmm. an interesting person, as somebody whose career you should be, you know, invested in. It's more, way more invested in selling you the idea that gamers deserve rights. <laughs> well, not even gamers' rights just, as much yeah, as no, I just buy to, Gran Turismo. Exactly. You know, yeah. get, a, get a PS7000 or whatever they've mm. got out now. And I, I just don't care. You're so disconnected from this world. No, I love I, it. I, I, and I have no interest in it. And just too bad because you would really love Alan Wake 2, which just came out. I'm sure I would. Uh, but nonetheless, it, it again, it's, it, it really is cynical, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly, truly cynical in, in, in the filmmaking, it seems to me. And that just it, it hurt my feelings a little bit because, I mean, I love the genre and it, it kind of is a good genre exercise. But all the time nodding its head back at this just two and a hour and 15 minute advertisement and. I don't even like two-minute advertisements. I skip those on YouTube, so I don't care for that at all. So I'm a little offended by it, but I'm, I, I think the craft is okay. Well, if you wondered if we were going to be talking about the death of cinema this week, I think you've got <laughs> your answer right there. Maybe, maybe. So let's move on to the next part of our show, which is calling Spang the Syllabus, and Arthur is going to explain what that's all about. 
Oh, good. Um, expanding the syllabus is a thought experiment where we and we, the hosts, uh, we assemble an academic course or module within a course based around the assigned viewing for the week and adjacent texts uh, from books and articles to tangentially related films and stories. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that, Arthur. Do you have the syllabus prepared? <laughs> uh, I do, and I am going to talk about the commercial movie. Um, i.e. the movie that acts as commercial, mm-hmm. not just commercial filmmaking, which is Hollywood. Kind of like all the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is the thing that it does, uh, mostly, like 90% of them. Even the um, art movies are commercial movies. And they've got to try to make money back. That's yeah. a feature of our national cinema. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of maybe it, the experimental film is probably the one of them that isn't well, even as then they're getting, profitable. That they're getting funding, and the funding is based on the awards received, and so it's a different economy but i think it's still their commercial films okay. even though they're not commercially viable in the same gotcha. sense yeah okay all right uh we'll talk economics later <laughs> uh, so i'm gonna start with the we're gonna go back to the, this is nothing new these sorts of commercial films aren't new there's nothing under the sun here that's you know crazy adventurous uh, uh this kind of blatant advertisement goes back uh quite a while but we're gonna start in the 80s with transformers the movie oh sure uh, there's a whole slew of properties here we could talk about, which were introduced or developed or reincarnated to sell merchandising. And this was controversial at the time. Yeah. Uh, and so we're talking Transformers, the movie specifically, because I stuck to theatrical film, but we could get into Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, ad, ad nauseum. Uh, this whole kind of run of properties in the late 80s, early 90s, developed to sell uh, toys and other merchandise. Uh, so we would start there. Uh, and then we're going to go with The Wizard, uh, starring one Fred Savage, mm. uh, which is a uh, we'll two-hour Nintendo commercial. Get that uh, power glove. You got to do it. You got to do it so you can win the game. I wanted a power glove so bad. I'm sorry, buddy. There wasn't one in your cereal box? No. <laughs> That'd be a big box of cereal. <laughs> Was Fred Savage like a big deal for you? No. no. Did you watch a lot of... Uh, Wonder Years? No, I watched an episode or two. I'm like, yeah, this is for grown-ups. Interesting. I just, you know, you kind of hmm. favor Savage is the only reason I ask, honestly. I could kind of see you. it. Less than Machio. Yeah. I can see it. Uh, from there, we're going to talk about the McDonald's uh, maybe sponsored Mac and Me. Sure. Uh, which is not quite E.T. Infamous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's just an absolute gonzo movie of a movie. Um, maybe. I don't know if we'll ever do it on the show because it's a kind of a spectrum of stuff we don't tend to get to uh but uh, it is definitely has become a meme has become this cultural artifact that everybody kind of knows or is somewhat aware of or at least images from it and so uh, we talk about that and the sort of failure here uh from not quote quote not mcdonald's end quote Mm -hmm. um where that money came from is still i think up in the air on some of it but mcdonald's had a big part in it uh, speaking of sports movie advertisements, we're going to talk about Draft Day, yeah. uh, the commercial for the NFL starring Kevin mm. Costner, uh, which much like Gran Turismo, kind of slaps. Uh, and so it's a good time uh, because I'm a sucker for sports movies. You know who and else? it works. You know who else is featured in that? Chadwick Boseman. Well, sure. But our fellow film podcaster, Griffin Newman. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like the, the nerdy guy. He's, oh, yeah, okay. he's playing a Griffin oh. Newman type. That's oh, yeah. fun. That's yeah. funny. That's very good. Uh, but Draft Day is definitely just a giant NFL commercial. Uh, all about promoting the brand and stuff. And so uh, it, it, if, if you don't go for Gran Turismo, I don't know if you can go for Draft Day and vice versa. So there that is. Uh, we're going to talk about the Google ad starring Owen Wilson and uh, or Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, mm-hmm. uh, the internship, mm-hmm. uh, which is all about interns at Google and how great Google is. And Google's the best place on earth and you should work at Google. Um, yeah, it's a garbage movie, uh, but it's a big commercial for Google. Uh, and then uh, we're going to move into 2023. Uh, we're going to look at Air, uh, the Nike commercial about the Air Jordan uh, and how great Nike was uh, to overcome 
as an underdog uh, to become the reigning champ of uh, child labor uh, in international <laughs> factors. Um, and, and the but isn't that shoe pretty? Geography that happened. Yeah, man, isn't it great how rich Michael Jordan is now um, <laughs> because of those stupid shoes? Uh, we're going to talk about Barbie. Uh, we're going to talk about that that iconic brand. Uh, speaking of the toys that made us, uh, we would take a look at that. Uh, we're going to look at Flaming Hot uh, as well, uh, and the sort of rewriting the history of how cool uh, Frito Lay was for. And, and I, I mean, I think there is some you know uh, viability to the idea of uh, people of color minorities finding a, a, a way to move forward and progress. Uh, but it does kind of rewrite history, from what I understand about mm-hmm. the the main character and some stuff. But it's a fun movie, and mm-hmm. it's a good time, uh, and it really I think plays with this maybe in a more earnest way than something like Gran Turismo or or Draft Day would. Um, And then we're going to kind of go onto the outskirts and look at some movies that are picking apart this idea a bit. And we're going to start with Joy, uh, star Jennifer Lawrence, um, which is about this uh, woman who developed a a device and then, uh, you know, life came at her hard uh, in in the way of companies and corporations and, and capitalism. Uh, we're going to take a look at The Founder, starring Michael Keaton, all about the rise of McDonald's and how uh, Ray Kroc uh, did him dirty over there. And, and then finally, we're going to end with The Social Network. I wondered if you yeah. get to it, yeah. Uh, and that's where we would take it and look at, uh, I think, Fincher's scathing satire of uh, all of this sort of capitalist corporate nonsense that takes place and the way it impacts lives and the very human stories involved with it. Uh, a movie about how a monster is about to consume the internet and it's hiding just on the frame of the film the entire time, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, that's what we do, though. We would look at uh, commercial brand films. Very cool. Very cool. That's a that's a really fascinating syllabus, Arthur. I like that a lot. What do you got for us, Dalton? Well, this could be, you know, a module in Arthur's class or a module in, a, you know, at an adaptation class. But I really do want to look at the video game film and specifically this year. Um, so maybe we, it would be a class on, you know, video games, cultural impact. Uh, and so maybe we'd look at some other, you know, we'd look at Super Mario Brothers, Bob Hoskins and, mm. and John, Johnny Legs. We'd look at Prince of Persia. Why not? Uh, but, <laughs> you know, really. It's long been on the waiting list for this show. Jesus. And I'm just waiting to pull the trigger someday. God. I saw that in theaters. That in Assassin's Creed. And- no, I would love to talk about Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Oof. That movie doesn't deserve to tank. Uh, what a crazy gonzo film uh but i do want to focus on this year because we've had a lot of big hits you've got five nights at freddy's which did have a a pretty bad drop off after its opening weekend but you know was a cultural uh, moment for at least a weekend and i think it's Mm -hmm. worth examining um the mario film from this year the was it called super mario brothers is that what it's called okay same title interesting you could have just called it i don't know what they could have just called it uh I'm curious about this film, still haven't gotten to it, but I am interested in it as sort of this children's property, uh, basically a much safer at bat than the last time they tried to bring this video game character to the screen, which, you know, just kind of tells you a lot about the last 30 years of Hollywood history. Um, the Tetris movie, which is more in line with what Arthur was talking about as far as the brand movie, and that one's kind of more in line with the Flamin' Hot story as yeah. far as being partially apocryphal at least uh but then of course hbo's huge hit the last of us from this year Mm -hmm. i think is worth examining as well and and again i think maybe the larger discourse in the class is what is the impact of video games on storytelling how how is that you know impacted films not based on video games and how have the attempts to 
cinematize a interactive experience and, and make it a you know bring it to not that I I don't look at film going as a passive experience if you're doing it right but it is certainly not as interactive as playing a video game mm. I think we can all agree on that and so bringing that experience to the cinema is an interesting challenge and a, a different you know there's been a lot of attempts at it many have been failures but I think they're all valuable exercises and, and give us something to learn from um, and it's an interesting thing and the way in which we're seeing more and more video games we're seeing more and more things kind of being thrown there was a period of you know we get a Doom movie mm-hmm. and then nothing really happens and then we get get another type of you know Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. and there's still not a lot of movement but it really does feel maybe since Sonic mm-hmm. they're, they're finding formulas that are working and I saw some I wish I could remember it uh, it was a tweet or, or a picture going around talking about the way in which the video game is kind of going to is supplanting the comic book movie mm. and Disney doesn't have any rights to video game movies, Interesting. video games. And that's yeah. an interesting place. I mean, it does cycle wise. Yeah. Commercially. Yeah, it does feel like the next step in sort of our last 23 years of kind of IP driven cinema. And cause obviously like you can go back, uh, it's become a, a big thing in the 2010s, but you can go back to the early aughts and that's, it was a known thing in the industry that they were looking for things with, name brand recognition yep. from as soon as Lord of the Rings and Spider-Man hit like yep. game has changed. Mm-hmm. So this is an ongoing issue. Um, there's a couple of good, we, never mind. We can wait till we get to analysis for this. Uh, Dustin, how would you teach this wacky, wacky movie? So I think um, I would do a module before your module in the same class that we're all three teaching together. And I would talk about yes. um, video game movies, um, specifically the ideas of adaptation themselves. And so we begin with Robert Stom's great essay on the dialogics of adaptation and looking at the sort of differences between, you know, fidelity and real adaptation and what we're doing when we're doing this kind of stuff. And then I would focus in on particularly fighting games. And so the first movie that we'd watch is Bruce Lee's Game of death, uh, which is the inspiration for an early, early arcade game uh, with the five-level pagoda kind of fighting game, and then thinking about how Mortal Kombat, the film, and also the Street Fighter movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme, both of those movies succeed and fail, um, mostly fail, but a little bit succeed in attempts at sort of recreating that same kind of fighting experience, which is uh, one form of the fighting experience. The other form of fighting experience is pretty major in video games, as far as I can tell, as a complete outsider uh, to this is the first person shooter and so that's where I think you could do something like the Resident Evil films and then uh, the uh, Laura Croft film uh, with Angelina Jolie um, I have not seen Laura Croft but I assume it's fine I for an, uh, an, for a text for this which one uh, the one with Angelina because there's a new oh, one Tomb Raider yeah yeah, yeah. yeah Tomb Raider yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, what did I say Laura Croft yeah. yeah Tomb Raider's the name of the franchise Tomb Raider Tomb Raider Cradle of Life and then just Tomb Raider again Tomb Raider again yeah. with um, Alicia Vikander thank you back from the grave Tomb Raider no 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 back from the grave and those are <laughs> he is risen <laughs> I, I think you know the one you really want to go to uh, Arthur name checked it already but I think Doom, Double Dragon oh. uh, Doom, Doom is great here if you want to look at like the oh, first, for person first person shooter, shooter because yeah. they try to do the first actually Tomb Raider's a platform well, I mean, look, I don't want to get get in his ass too much, but yeah, he did list a survival horror game and a, a platforming but it adventure really, game. I'm, but there was a really, I mean, somewhat successful push in the 90s mm-hmm. with those movies. Yeah. yeah. He had big time. Yeah. And well, and does the upgrade movie sort of play into this a little bit too? You know, that shoot 'em up kind of style with the first person that's thing? That's what I was talking about with like the ways video games have influenced movies, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's a long Prey time ago or, when we talked about Lookout. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Guy Pierce. 
Lockout. Lock, lockout. Yeah. Right. We talked, I think, mm, on that episode mm, a lot about right. the way in which the video game had begun to influence the movie, and even uh, Dread mm-hmm. has this. You know, the, the the tower. I don't know what that the genre is. Of it locked down. Yeah. I lock, think it's lockout. Lockout. Lockdown. Lockout. I'm not sure. You're talking, about, you're talking about the, 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 the Escape from Space movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's yeah. what I'm talking about, but I can't remember the title either. I it was 10 years ago. It, I've slept since Well, then. that's what they get for not just trying to get the rights and calling it Escape from the Moon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, no, I think that this is absolutely a thing that's happening. Mm. Uh, the, the upgrade's definitely part of that conversation because it literally has upgrades. In yeah. It. You know, it's, that's <laughs> there was another one recently that I can't think of. Uh, oh, John Wick 4 is very sure. vi- video gamed. Uh, and like... Mm. It, well, the dr- running gun and the well, the top down the POV combo fighting, yeah, the top down POV is the, like actively inspired the by chain a game. combo. I mean, yeah, big right? time. I mean, that's a big part of the John Wick for sure fight style. Yeah, of just like how X Y X Y up up X Y. How many dudes can John Wick take down between reloads? Yeah, yeah. my fingers hurt already, and I'm not even playing. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, well, dear listener, I believe your syllabus just got much longer, and you have to buy a console. But um, with that, I believe it's now time we get down to business. That's right. And that business is, as always, analysis. What do you have there, Dalton? So, yeah, we've been circling this basically the whole episode, so we might as well bring it up. Uh, Patrick H. Willems uh, and Like Stories of Old both have videos out fairly recently, as you're hearing this, uh, about what we're talking about. Um, the sort of the content problem, let's call it. Uh, both the, the shorter videos, like Stories of Old, and it's the Marvelization of Cinema, I think is the title. Um, that's a good one to start with, but I think I prefer Willem's videos, which are pretty long. Uh, and one is called something like Everything is Content Now, and then the follow-up to that is Who's Killing Cinema. Um, that seems like uh, the tease at the end of that one is going to be about when super... Oh my gosh, not superheroes. That goes to show you how cooked my brain is about this stuff. Uh, when movie stars become brands is sort mm-hmm. of going to be the follow up to that. But I think these these texts are good for kind of exploring what's going on here right now, which is so many different features of the American cinema machine have gone away, whether it's the movie star, whether it's the importance of the theatrical experience whether it's the cultural dominance of film and, you know, just the fracturing of media in general, like these all factor in a little bit. Um, Video games are part of the problems. Ted Sarandos identifies that they're much more concerned with like Fortnite than the movie theater. Yeah. Like that's how they look at it because it is about where people are spending their time. It's an economy of attention. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it is interesting. Uh, Well, even AMC is or I guess Nuvi has tried to gamify the, the theater experience, right? Like, the little games you can play before the movie starts at forgot about the that, trivia yeah. games and whatever. Yeah. Or even like a little shooting game and like the little thing you download the app and play yeah. them along with newbie or whatever. AMC and Regal should be capitalizing on this with more like achievements and stuff yeah. for going to see like all the Game Oscar and going to movies. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing all the Oscar releases, you can get free popcorn or something. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> easy marketing right there. Yeah. And no one's getting it. Well, that's, that's the thing that's so infuriating, right? Is it is, does seem like, Especially when you look at the, you know, Sarandos is an interesting example uh, because he comes from like a, a real cinema loving family. So he is sort of an interesting case, but a family that did not go to the movies. Mm-hmm. That's sort of their his his background. He's like a, a video store acolyte like Tarantino, one of those like developed an encyclopedic knowledge. So he was good at his job at the video store, good at giving recommendations. But, you know, his dad was a heavy smoker, so they didn't go to the movies. 
because mm-hmm. they but they always made sure they had room in the budget for HBO. They were a mm-hmm. cinema loving family, but they were an at home cinema loving family. Yes. And so when you have one of the most powerful, like, you know, co-CEO of the company, chief content officer, making a lot of big decisions about how that company that doesn't make money is spending its money. You've got a guy that doesn't give a shit about theaters and he just sees them as a, a par- part of the problem for, you know, they're, they're the next chain in the, the, as far as things they've destroyed, video store was first movie theaters next. And it's weird that they think about it that way, but it certainly seems that they do. And I know you're wondering what does streaming have to do with the PlayStation movie and kind of everything, right? I mean, this movie goes straight to Netflix because Sony doesn't have their own streaming service. And so they've got a pretty lucrative Netflix deal carved out where all of their movies go there. Um, But what they're greenlighting is things with name brand recognition, whether and that's, you know, Netflix is a little bit better about this, but, you know, they want to get in the IP business as much as everybody. They've got their Witcher show and, you know, their Yeah, they've stuff. acquired several. Wednesday. Ho- Hotel Umbrella, Umbrella Academy, mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Hotel Umbrella. I don't know. I want that. that sounds like a real thing, though. It does. <laughs> I mean, I can wait with it. Welcome to no the one... Hotel Umbrella. I would have just said it was buried somewhere in Netflix and everybody would be like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> no one's going to check. Uh, <laughs> it's certainly... Well, I mean, it is the thing, right? I mean, I mean, there are even people who just, I mean, in conversation interviews, uh, people just refer to them as content, right? It's not a movie. I mean, we don't even talk about movies. I just, we got, yeah, we got all this content we got to do. Mm. It's completely erasing this sort of art form. Yeah. In well, a way. But that's what it does is it flattens innovation. It flattens um, style. It flattens all of what makes cinema really interesting and exciting. And the thing that, you know, we fall in love with the movies for in the first place, but there's still spaces for that still. Well, yeah. and I think that's, it's important to carve out a lane for this kind of stuff because we're not trying to be haters here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, we are ultimately elitists about this a little bit because of how we feel about movies. But I think that's because we want to have a robust national cinema. I I want, I want Sony to make billions of dollars on their tentpole movies and then carve out what they make into lots of interesting new voices, new kinds of storytelling techniques, innovative ways of thinking about the world and life. I mean, that I think it's a very classical way of doing movies. too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just go ahead and take that. And it's like, okay, great. We'll still make a next tentpole and make, you know, a couple billion on it and then we're going to I mean Universal's been able to invest a lot in weird movies in the last few years because Mm -hmm. of Fast and the Furious yeah. or, you know, whatever property they have. Yeah, they're not because they don't have very many temple franchises. They do seem a little bit more experimental right now, especially yeah. this year with stuff like Cocaine Bear and, and yeah. uh, Renfield. Like they Universal's did two kills comedies this yeah, year. Yeah, been Wild. real weird uh, in the last few years. And I, th- I appreciate that about them, you know, mm-hmm. taking chances in a way other studios aren't. I mean, I, Warner Brothers is just constantly circling its tail about how it can make more money off of DC or Harry Potter. Mm hmm. Uh, and Universal feels like they're at least trying stuff mm-hmm. in a way. And then Netflix is such a bizarre monster anyway, because you have just the Netflix machine chogging out in this assembly line style, all of these young adult movies and rom-coms and other original films from no names. Uh, but then they have their big name above the title deals that they've made with Fincher mm-hmm. and Del Toro and whoever else is on the docket uh, right now. Bob Bach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who else? I'd Scorsese Sandler. for a moment. Yes, yeah, Scorsese Sand, for a moment. Sandler, a big one. Yeah. Well, I think the really good thing that Netflix is doing is their international acquisitions. That they yeah, really yes. are bringing in some great movies from um, Germany, from South Korea, yeah. from you know all over the world, and that's they, good. They do allow for that platform to happen. Yeah, and it seems to happen a lot with a 
least horror, like genre stuff with horror. Yeah, especially. Mm-hmm. I don't know about other, and maybe some action stuff as well. Yeah. And a lot of indie, uh, Indian cinema and stuff like that shows up there as well. Mm. I mean, it goes to show you that it is a very much an international game and it became that way for it's been that way for a while now it's not anything yeah. new but it's become a much bigger part of the equation well as the american market seemed to die off mm-hmm. i mean and the international markets have a desire to see stuff it, you got to cater to those markets where he, the money's at i mean in the the one of the points uh i think it's in willem's video that he really gets into is like you got to keep keep in mind the shrinking DVD market is a big part of this because sure. movies used to be a commercial for the DVD release in some ways. They were like, okay, yeah, yeah well, it's okay if this doesn't have a huge opening. We this adult drama doesn't have a huge opening because we can make residual money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll make ex- we'll make it. Bas- it'll open again basically when we put it out on yep. DVD, uh, and that's gone. Yeah, and you know, it's frustrating that this is so nakedly a commercial because movies are oh, have always been that way and mm-hmm. we, we want we want them to not be that way but we know that that is the truth of it i just caught up with mank recently because of doing the fincher rewatch yeah uh and louis b mayer the character the depiction of louis b mayer from arliss howard in that there's a line about how you know mo- the great thing about movies is the man who made the product still owns it that your pay your customer pays for nothing but a memory and that's what you know very apt that is in a netflix movie Right. And they're they talk about this on the main episode of for blank check. But it, it is economically interesting that you have Fincher making a movie about the economics of bu- of the business in the 30s mm-hmm. and sort of the parallels between that and 100 years later and what's going on with streaming. I mean, that is mm-hmm. literally what we they, there was just strikes about was yeah. ownership and who needs deserves to profit off of the creation of of our national storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we don't as we've often highlighted on this show we don't have like a national film fund like most european nations do so it ultimately is always about whether it's an indie or not it is about can this make money and even this movie is only a 60 million dollar budget which is nuts i mean wow yeah i'm surprised at that even the mid-budget studio movie it did like 130 120 yeah Yeah. so it basically if you count the marketing budget it broke even so it didn't even really do that well but that goes to show you that even the mid-budget movie um, is starting starting to become part of, you know, the IP has to be even at 50, 60 million dollar budget. You mm-hmm. need some recognizability. So it is it's disheartening. It really is. But I mean, all we can do is uh, support the things that are doing what we want, which isn't to say that there isn't room for this again. Like, yeah, we like this kind of stuff. We all just told you, like, the filmmaking is cool. Like the races are fun, even if they're geographically a little suspect which I, I i don't know if you guys feel that way too or not it didn't bother me much no, i wasn't too I, I i thought the visuals were dynamic enough that i wasn't too worried mm. about because it. it's not really that sort of movie That's like true. it's not like a the reliance on knowing the track isn't there it's, yeah it's not procedurally you yeah, know like you don't you don't learn of, is ford versus ferrari more like that more procedural yeah I yeah, yeah. yeah especially yeah with lamont and stuff and yeah i mean a lot more of guys ogling tracks and tires and like how these things function together. Yeah, I can nerd out on some inside baseball there. Man. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Le Mans, mm. I mean, just the absolute the sanity Le of Le Mans is in a 24 hour race. Yep. Uh, that is the only break is when you're tired and you're ready to switch out your, your team driver. It's a relay and rain or sleep or snow. It is just nonstop. I mean, in pure insanity. No, like I, I the endurance, I don't, I don't get it. Well, I'll tell you, you know, you want to look at the 
I, to get a little weird, I guess. The I mean, they also do the Tour of France over there, which is also a stupid thing. That is crazy mm-hmm. as well. I just, you know, the body of a Le Mans driver. Uh, Michael Fassbender, look, look at my man doing fingertip push-ups in the killer. That's the kind of physique you have to have to drive for 24 hours yeah. We've at like, you know, over 100 kilometers an hour. Cars fucking shaking and rattling your bones apart and it's hot in there because there's no AC in a race car. Uh, yeah, Mm-mm. I mean, it's a true endurance test. And I do think the film does a decent job of of doing that kind of procedural stuff of like, all right, gamer, it's time to get moving. Like, if you want to be an athlete, you got to train. And it's a difference it's than different than getting up to go get hot pockets. Out yes, there. That's really funny. <laughs> which is a good line. There's so many. It's very <laughs> funny the ways in which everybody who's not a gamer knows gamer lingo in this movie. Yeah. Noob, noob. And yeah, there's a couple of other ones mm-hmm. getting nerfed. Yeah. Uh, right, right. Yeah. There's a couple of other the gamer <laughs> slangs that make it into the movie that are pretty silly. But it's just like, I, I don't, is this supposed to be, is this the movie endearing itself to me? I, I don't, you know, is this what their version of an Easter egg is putting in gamer owns? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, very interesting. Um, I, I am interested in the sort of the class dynamic of this movie and like the working class, like pro athlete family. Well, this is the thing that really bothered me about the movie in terms of its, uh, uh, the crassness of its capitalism. So surely we're just trying to sell, you know, uh, platform uh consoles and we're trying to sell the video game but it is doing so with the sort of fundamental um capitalist dream is that if you work really hard at your one little thing then you're going to be a success in that and then you're going to make millions of dollars the thing is that there are millions of kids who are playing gran turismo who are never going to get anything out of it except for diabetes and that is really stereotyping hard the video gamer isn't he He, yeah he hates us i don't i don't but you know what i'm you know Saying. Shaking his no, hand. I do get what you're saying. And, I, look, and, but, yeah, but you it's keep not good on for you. buying the stuff, paying for the wheels, and the paying for the you know the new or buying chocolate bars like Charlie Bucket, I, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, just buying the things and then getting you, a new graphics card. Yeah, yeah, whatever. yeah. 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 I and, gotcha. and, and keep keep just contributing to this you know cycle of a system that keeps profiting this thing, and you're never going to make it because no one makes it. It's it's a one in a billion chance, right? I mean, yeah. There's two ways yeah. to do it: esports and streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of both of which involve commodifying yourself. One, your personality more than your body. Uh, one, your body more than your personality. But they're both like very high effort, very difficult, very grindy ways to make a living, uh, which appeals to gamers. Gamers love the grind. I mean, that's that's part of it. But uh, yeah, I, both of those worlds like terrify me uh, and they are interesting. I mean, they're very interesting. And it's a whole ecosystem of people about 10 years younger than us who are very wealthy mm-hmm. uh, and doing it off of clicking on stuff. But there's like 40 of those people. There's not very many. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, the, that's yeah. my point is like, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll become a Twitch streamer. No, yeah. you won't. No. You know, I mean, somebody does. I mean, people yeah. do. And yeah. that's the that is the thing is it, I go back to the reason why most Americans are not socialists, according to uh, J- uh, not Jack London, but um, um, Grapes of Wrath, John Steinbeck, mm-hmm. uh, is that we consider ourselves to be temporarily inconvenienced millionaires. That quote. Yeah. And that's the thing is that I'm, I'm going to keep on playing the game according to the system and it quite literally is a game mm-hmm. and I'm never going to make it. Yeah. Gotta be a way to make money off of this. I really want to. Sorry, just think about the driving crew in our sketch uh, from I Think You Should Leave. Uh, I mean, yeah, we just, our, our very show is an emblematic of this. We just referenced uh, Griffin Newman uh, mm-hmm. of ga- Game Day or Draft Day earlier in the show. And yeah, there's there's g- podcasts like ours and podcasts like theirs. Like there is a an ecosystem and mm-hmm. not everybody is, is profiting off of the grind. And that's fine. But when a story tells you that, no, 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 you can do it. 
it is suspect. I get what mm-hmm. you're saying. Yeah, yeah I, I absolutely feel you there. I. It's also just so. As much as I like the performances, and I think there's like real chemistry between uh, Hansu and uh, the kid that plays uh, John. Yeah. Um, it, it is ultimately like very thin. Like I don't like football, Dad. Uh, if you don't have a plan, you're going to come work at the rail yards with me. Like it's, yeah. it's all very yeah. by the book. And just, if you've seen a sports movie, you've seen this yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that's just going to be a frustration for you. If, you know, if, you know, as you said, Arthur, like if you like the genre, you'll probably be able to let that stuff go. There's, yeah. you know, you're aware of the genre tropes and trappings. Uh, but if you've seen enough of them that, you know, you have a hard time buying into something that's doing the same thing that Rocky or the mighty ducks or whatever, case study you want to point to it, you know you you might find some frustration with this film because of how closely it sticks to that formula um we talked about how we don't really care about the ethics of moving that that fatal crash right do we want to get into that more or are we just you know no i still don't care i don't know man i, I don't know if lincoln <laughs> was killed on a monday or a thursday and i don't know that matters yeah you know i mean yeah you move i mean if it was done a disservice I, like if it felt maybe more expl- I didn't even realize that happened. Like I blinked, and I missed it. Like I didn't realize somebody had died mm. until <laughs> a few scenes later. And I was mm. like, "Oh, somebody died in that crash." Mm. Whoops. Mm. Um, Whoops. <laughs> but I, you know, I think if they had ex- made it more exploitive or something, and it doesn't feel that way. You know, it, it really does kind of factor into this one person, and so I don't know that. Again, it is a does. Can you do the movie without it? Maybe, but it's less interesting because you don't have that it's got complex. Stakes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, if if the victim's family is mm. mad about it, then they have every right to be mad about it. But I don't. I don't think there's a bigger moral concern, mm-hmm. at least on yeah. my end. Yeah, I'm kind of with you guys on that. As you know, ultimately crass as the movie still is, I don't know that that's the biggest issue. Well, an accident like I mean, that. It's not like Michael Bay. You know, abandoned all respect for the human. Yeah. Being. Yeah. Well, kind and of I, filmmaking. And, and narratively, the the accident is an obstacle for him to overcome to keep racing. Yeah. And it was an obstacle that he overcame to keep racing. Yeah. We're just doing it earlier. And sure, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, the narrative function is to give dramatic stakes to the big event. And so. But I, you have to put it before his biggest career win, which yeah. is a third and division finish at Le Mans. Which is fine. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I don't. Yeah. I'm That's making movies. Pretty indifferent to yeah. that. I mean. Spoiler alert, but every biopic you've seen has some sort of sensationalized or fictionalized events or <laughs> out of yeah. order chronological. Rudy's a, Rudy's yeah. a lie. Wh- yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, man. Uh, yeah. Lincoln didn't die in that theater. <laughs> <laughs> Few people know what this, this. What this film presupposes is, what if he didn't? Uh, I'm going to rewrite. It's going to be my inglorious bastards as Lincoln walking out of that theater. A lot. With John Wilkes so Booth's hand in his yeah. hand. Oh, what? Geez. John Wilkes Booth's hand in his hand. <laughs> Justin, you still haven't seen The Killer, right? No. There's a great bit after he whiffs his uh, assassination where he's like running through the streets of Paris and he's like, his WWJBD, what would John, WWJWBD, what would John Wilkes Booth do? <laughs> That's very funny. That's very funny yeah. beat. Uh, I just thought, of, I thought of this earlier and I didn't pull up my notes to, to reference uh, what it was from, but you know, we were kind of talking about what what the room is for something like this and it's it's it, we just wish that there wasn't just this i guess mm-hmm. is our point um i sent you guys over the week uh that broy deschanel video essay uh about sort of 
the evolution of film criticism. And and a film like this is kind of made to be critic-proof in the same way that an MCU movie is. Mm -hmm. And I want to read you guys something from 2012 from Nick James writing for Sight and Sound. Uh, Who needs critics? Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is a 10-year-old article, but I think it's it's interesting, and it's cited in that that video essay. I like Nick James. Uh, The tearing down of all things ordinary in order to put better, more stimulating things in their place. And that is sort of in defense of... If there's a strain of elitism in film discourse, like that's why it exists is mm-hmm. to say like, come on, can we have some better, which isn't to say that like I had a great time at Thanksgiving this weekend, which is a very like by the book slasher movie. Uh, but at the very least, it, and it isn't technically an original thing like it is based sure. on a trailer, a fake trailer from a double feature 10 years ago. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's an an exciting at bat from an established filmmaker being allowed to make an original scary movie. Yeah. It's something. And I, I guess I find that less frustrating than Gran Turismo for some reason. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that's, that's what I had to say. Well, best case Blom can't got a good payday and is going to get to go make whatever weird sci-fi movie he wants to do next. And I want that. Yeah. You know, his career, I guess that's maybe a fun place to end is his career, which has been a weird one. Not when I'm, I mean, I've seen district nine, but it's been when that movie came out. Uh, 2009. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been around it. that time. Yeah. And I remember enjoying it, but I never saw Elysium or Chappie. I saw them both. Yeah. They're both quite. I was attempted to watch Elysium. So yeah. I saw it was on Netflix, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of been the general thing. And then he kind of recently got into this like short films thing where he was doing mm-hmm. some interesting, I think stuff. And I haven't mm-hmm. really caught up with that, but I've seen some of those. Yeah. I mean, that was sort of his main, he, there was a very, came very close to making an alien movie. Uh, yeah. that, that was going to be a sequel to alien Two. Yeah. That'd have been great. Uh, I hate, this whole trend of sequels that ignore the continuity of some movies because they're inconvenient. I don't, I think that's dumb. Neckbeard Dalton has just joined the table. Yeah, yeah. you're right. This is me and my most, my most cinema sins, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's and the just original aliens. Yeah. I don't know. Alien three and <laughs> alien resurrection are not good films, but they're, interesting films. can you tell me more about the star wars expanded universe <laughs> unfortunately he can uh, i don't want to and i'm not going to neil blomkamp is in a really you know he is one of i mean district nine was a best picture nominee i mean he's yeah. not swinging mm-hmm. um but he kind of joins i think a group of duncan jones is one that's in that kind of vein of a lot of promise to start and then they just haven't been able to follow mm-hmm. up in a Trank. successful way i mean that was self-sabotage if anything sure. though i think um with Trank. but yeah i mean he's in that class yeah it really is that kind of period of time as well. You've had several director, uh, Trevorrow, I sure. mean, for all intents and purposes, I think he, he got Jurassic World, but for At better or cost. worse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we, we, and again, this kind of back to what we were talking about earlier in the, this focus on the franchise, this focus on the IP and the, the thing that happened of that hot indie director, give him a franchise. Yeah. Hot indie director, give him a franchise. And we yeah. saw a lot of sink or swim. Yeah. Coogler, mm-hmm. Coogler swam. Well, because, sure. you know, some of those directors have been waiting their whole lives to make like a, a, a genre thing. defining yeah. splash. Yeah, Edwards it, is doing pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Right. Some some filmmakers like wanted to make those kinds of movies, but you're right. It's, it became like, this is what you're doing next. And it's not really a question of whether or not you're suited to this. And oh, are you interested in learning how to direct action? Too bad. It's all previsd, baby. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I was just happy to know that David Yates finally got out of uh, Hogwarts yeah. uh, for a movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I felt that. he was just going to be churning away in the chamber of secrets for the rest of his career. <laughs> Did he do all of the fantastic beasts movies? Yeah. Jeez. He's done like three or four Harry Potters and then all of those, I think. Wow. Or at least was producing them. Poor guy. Set the man so free. he just got to do, was it, did he do the pain, the pain hustlers? Or what, what's that one? Uh, yeah. That that's the one him. he did. Yeah. 
uh, with uh, what's doodle and what's his doodle. Evans. And I mean, this is the death of movie star shit, right? I mean, yeah, Chris we can't Evans think of Chris Evans name and, and who else is John Krasinski's wife. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Emily Blunt, who is not <laughs> cut out to play a Florida lady. Sorry. I, I'm not the first one to make this observation, but Emily Blunt should just be given the keys to a bunch of different action franchises. Yes. I repeat taught us anything mm-hmm. so uh, i think we should end though with what is my favorite segment that we've got now uh, which is google reviews yes. of the movie yes let's go please and thank you so uh, i found some fun one stars of this uh gran turismo movie you got some like five stars and some one stars i'm just going with the ones because i think they're funnier okay uh, i'm a big fan of the game i spend hundreds of hours on it and i actually watch the actual sim racing competition so i know a lot about gran turismo the game <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping the movie does it and its users justice, but boy, was I wrong. Boy. It's extremely dumbed down, cringy, and inaccurate. There's always something way off in every scene. There's too many to list. I get there are a lot of casual viewers who just want an entertaining movie to watch. This movie caters to them, just like another Fast and Furious slash Top Gun. Cue unlimited gear changes and easy overtakes just because the protagonist shifted from fifth to sixth. I kid you not. It's only for fun that those who don't understand the core part of the movie, the cars and the racing. That guy <laughs> this, wanted the procedural. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, yeah, this guy has played the video he game. 20 minutes. Of- and he didn't like the realism of the car racing that he does not actually understand. <laughs> okay, thank you. Hey, Jan Mardenborough would beg to differ. Well, all right. Jan learned. He learned about, he knew about the glazed He's brakes. He's been racing these cars for years, mate. <laughs> Come on, bro. Uh, this movie might be good. <laughs> If you're not much of a motorsport fan who just wants an entertaining movie to watch. Yes. Even just noticing that the main actor turns the wheel completely out of sync with what is going on around him makes the movie unenjoyable. Oh my gosh. The unrealistic figures, the fact that they mix car classes together and pretend they're the same speed, filming at the same tracks over and over again, mostly the hungering. Instead of branching out and filming at the tracks they actually said they were at. And lastly, the fact that they can't even get the classes right for Le Mans. Putting GT3s even though they don't race there yet is just so off-putting. The above examples and many more things make it a movie where you're just looking for mistakes instead of actually immersing yourself into it and enjoying it. If you're not interested in motorsport at all, this will be a good movie. (laughs) The studio paying for fake reviews just shows how little confidence they have in their work. For the record, they didn't race the GT3s at Lawn. They had different cars. There was a whole little speech that David Harbour gave about it being lighter and faster and more agile and you needed more finesse. So watch the movie closer, dude. I don't know enough about motorsports to quibble with any of these reviews. I simply will not be take making an attempt. I'm <sighs> instead enjoying their uh, pedantry <laughs> and their absolute hater fight <laughs> typing. I think we're in here. We'll, okay. we'll wrap this up. And we didn't we didn't even talk about uh, the question of commodification of film criticism, which Ooh. has become a thing. You know, uh, yeah. Paying critics and all sure. that nonsense. And, yeah, influencer critics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, anyway, so as far as growing up and actually playing this game as a kid, I am very disappointed there was even a competition to become an actual race car driver and not be aware of this. I hope this movie flops. How do you not let fans be aware that they were actually having you go from the video game to behind the wheel, literally? I feel cheated from something that could have been doing for as a career. There's the one. There's the one with the crushed dreams you were, you were lamenting for. Let's, as, as the gamers would say, let's fucking go. Well, I think that takes us into the pits. So. Okay, I want to point out one thing, though. Narratively in the movie, I actually asked that question. Uh, while we were watching it, because it was suddenly on his home screen that he had had the invite. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew. It was just they they 
got your Random time. selected. They, they, mm-hmm. Well, they selected fast times, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, then they yeah. picked them. So you didn't know, but if you were uh, you know, logged so into the network like, or whatever. Yeah, you could have missed it completely. Yeah, because you suck and this you're not fast a, enough. Yeah, it wasn't a marketing campaign. It wasn't Willy Wonka where they're like, hey, we've got golden mm-hmm. tickets. It was just like, hey. Sorry, one star reviewer. Don't get, tell all your friends. Good. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. User number XL four zero. Don't sign out of your account. Yeah. Stay logged in twenty four seven. Welcome to Ready Player One. <laughs> okay, let's do some thumbs up, thumbs down reviews. Some shelfers. Some some shelfers. Yeah, we've yeah. already done that, buddy. I, some shelfers. We've lapped. We're back at the starting line. <laughs> it's the same thing over and over again. Shelfer trash, Arthur. What do you say? Uh, I I enjoy this movie. I think it's a very fun time. I think there are you know it, it is an easy way to kill two hours. Uh, that being said, I think it's. Trash. I, I, you know, this not doing anything new with the sport movie. It's not doing anything new uh, with racing stuff. Uh, it's a good time though, and, and like if you're a casual fan of sport movies, uh, I think you're. I think casual audiences would really eat this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, you don't have to see it. Is yeah. where I'm at. What do you say, Dalton? Very inessential. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's trash. And, you know, it's fine. I'm not mad at it or anything. I'm a little mad at it, but that's got more to do with sort of the overarching state of movies and less to do with like any any individual choice this movie made. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm madder at it, so I'm also saying trash. But uh, because again, I just think it's cynical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise, it is a good time. I mean, I'm not mad I watched it either. And if somebody wanted to just like, hey, we want to put something on, we love racing or we love Gran Turismo or I just played a bunch of Mario Kart, but now I want to watch a movie. Yeah, watch that. It would be a good time. You would not be bored. And so yeah, you know, it's 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 an excellent way. To kill a couple hours so but i would still put it in the trash so there you go to listener those are our thoughts you can tell us why we're wrong give us one star reviews dalton will tell you how that's right if you want to send us a one star review about how we spent way too long talking about critics <laughs> uh, you can do that via good trash genre cast at gmail.com that is good trash genre cast at gmail.com uh, you can find us on the internet uh, at good trash media we don't really post from the show accounts anymore uh, go look at our old written content at goodtrashmedia.com. Find our short form writings over at Letterboxd. Uh, he's Dustin Sells. He's the Arthur Gordon. I'm Dollywood Squares without an A uh, because of character limits. But I'm Dollywood Squares with an A everywhere else. And these two aren't really active on social media otherwise. So I'm, I'm not going to even tell you. That's D-A-L-L-Y-W-A-A-D. Uh-oh. Here he goes. <laughs> uh, so anyway, find us online if, if you're so inclined. Um, yeah. Oh, and don't forget, if you are interested in helping support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash GTM, uh, find out what's in it for you. Stuff like picking a movie for us to discuss or having a, uh, the Arthur Tron 9000, uh, put your taste into its algorithm and spit out a, uh, DVD or Blu-ray for you to, to be mailed to your house. Yeah. Yeah. And next week we're keeping the 2023 train rolling yeah. with Dalton's pick. Yeah, if you thought we were done talking about the state of the industry, you were sorely mistaken because next yeah. week we will be talking about the Apple Plus exclusive fingernails uh, with uh, Jesse Buckley, Riz Ahmed, and uh, Jeremy Allen White. Yes. Oh yeah, and Luke Wilson. And Luke Wilson, yeah. yeah fun, great cast. I mean, yeah. that's why I picked it. So there you go. You keep watching. We'll keep talking. We'll see you all next time. <laughs>